What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hi, everybody. Oh, hello. How's everyone? How's Toronto doing today? <laughs> Fucking sweaty. What is up with this city? I'm pretty sure I was just saying this the other night, uh, last night to my girlfriends. I was like, I don't think I was, I'm supposed to be from this planet because I'm really hot and uncomfortable when I'm down there. But the minute I'm in air conditioning, I'm like, ah, my skin is cold. And, uh, and everybody's like, shut up. We all know it's hot outside. Thanks, Uh, baby. Thank you all so much for coming out, uh, this evening. It's so nice to see all of your lovely faces. Um, before we, before we get right into it, I want to first off say thank you so much, E1, uh, our lovely network for inviting us into this beautiful space to, to, uh, I hope you brought drinks to drink, drink up, you know, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Alcoholics. 
Um, and um, if it, some housekeeping, if you you got to use the bathroom, they're in the back next to uh, the free TV posters. <laughs> yeah, Feel free right. to take one. Those are our. Yeah. Uh, Those are E one. Any E one show fans? <laughs> get your posters while they're hot. Um, uh, but before we do get started, uh, one thing I want to ask is, first of all, fucking sick boots. Yeah. Jesus, Holy, those are nice. You, we'll talk after. Can you actually get those a little higher? Yeah, yeah. How high can that, back? like, oh my God. Woo! <laughs> Did nice. you just hurt yourself? <laughs> oh my Lord, you stretchy motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Saw um, that from a mile away. Round of applause. Who's never heard uh, a single episode of, of Terminal? And out yourselves. Boots in the front. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right and who, yet you dress so appropriately for the did. event. Who, who has listened before? All right. Well, it means a lot that you showed up tonight. We're really excited. Um, and it feels really good to be back in Toronto. This is the city where... We, we met where we fell in love. That's, that's one of the, my security questions on my banking, so don't, don't share that information. <laughs> Wait, what's the question? What where the... did you meet your significant other? In what oh. city did you meet your significant other? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well going to have to change that. <laughs> Actually, we were, out, we were out for lunch today, and br- like, we were sitting there, and the waitress comes over, and she was like, oh, yeah, one bill? And we were like, yeah. She, she like, hands the, the POS to Bridie, and Bridie's like, Sticks the credit card in. She goes, oh, I don't know your pin. And I'm like, five, 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 or whatever the the fuck it is. And in my head, I was going, like, and I could see the waitress kind of (laughs) go. I was like, poor thing. Anyway, uh, Brad, you want to. I feel like you should listen to our podcast if that (laughs) makes you uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. uh, What were you just saying that I should introduce the game? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sure, sure. Let's do that. Let's okay. start with that. Um, so we like to start our live shows with a game called Getting to Know You, and um, the rules are fairly simple. I'm going to say some statements, and if, you, if they are true for you, you will stand up, <laughs> and you'll remain standing as long as, as the statements are, are, are true for you. Yes. Do you want to say why we do that? We were, we were kind of talking about it back there before the show, <laughs> but when we first started doing these shows... Um, we would do them in this little black box theater, like when we were doing live shows back in Halifax. It was called Bus Stop Theater. And Bus Stop's this little black box theater. You can't see a fucking thing in there if the lights are down. Now, on the stage, lights are up. You, You can see us. But out in the audience, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And so we would do the show and, you know, like the, the crowd is, is like super energetic and they're like, they're, there's like fucking hecklers. And we're like, whoa, hecklers, that's a thing. Someone stole my bra. Yeah, Remember that was a thing. Right. But like it was all positive aside from the theft. Um, it was all like, you know, positive hecklers and, and people really chiming I was flattered. In. Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> and so with the next time we did a show, it was at this other spot in Toronto called uh, Stubborn Goat, which is like a restaurant. Halifax. Or, sorry, in Halifax. Uh, thank you. And, and it's a restaurant and like very well lit. And we were doing the show and everyone's just like... <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? Like, it was... Look, I mean, I'm not like blowing smoke up my own ass, but like the, the Stubborn Goat show was better than the... The, 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 the bus stop the show. The bus stop show. Right. I was like, why was everybody so quiet? And somebody comes up, up to us and they're like, oh, it's because you can see everybody. And they get really like kind of tight and like awkward and they don't want to they don't want to be like ha ha anal or or whatever 
And Clearly, so, this grad has no problem with <laughs> relating yeah. about anal. So um, then Braddy was like, "Well, let's get them out of let's let's uh, let's kind of put them on the spot and make them play this this silly game." Mm-hmm. And so, voila. Okay, so the rules are I already explained, but Jeremy will demonstrate. So I'll I'll say some things, and uh, if they're true for Jeremy, he will stand up. If they're not true, he'll sit down. So uh, I like uh, pre-bottled old fashions. I mean, <laughs> tonight I do. <laughs> uh, I have three nipples. I like a tongue on my butthole. You guys get the drift. Yeah, yes. right. yeah, here we go. Here Great. we go. Yeah. Great. Does anyone else like a tongue on their butthole? Feel free to stand up. Yes. <laughs> yes. The we entire are not room. alone. <laughs> We love this. Okay. Um, I have a tattoo. I would like to get a tattoo. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw some, like, uh, some tame ones at you. I consider myself kinky. Mm, I am in a relationship. This is, get, again, called getting to know you. You should be looking around and high-fiving people that are also yes. standing. Yeah, we, we, highly, we highly recommend <laughs> shaking the hand uh, to the stranger next to you and saying, peace be with you. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm in a consensually non-monogamous relationship. I have sex on the first date. <laughs> Wait, as a rule or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Tinder. I'm on Grinder. I'm on Bumble. Wait, hold on, Brady, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, I'm on Tinder. I'm on Tinder. What? Only four? I, if I'm on Tinder, stand up. Holy shit. Oh, okay, now everybody look around. <laughs> All right, I'm on Grinder. I'm on Grinder. You already know this because... Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, what's really funny is these two dudes don't know each other. <laughs> and the best thing about Grinder is it tells you you're one foot away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, fuck me. That's too good. <laughs> um, I've, I, uh, I have, or, or, or I have, or I would pay for sex. This is one of my favorite questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I pay for porn. Peace be with you. <laughs> and also with you. Um, let's see. What else am I, what am I missing here? What are some juicy questions? I mean, I How feel about, like you got some uh, good ones there. I like big butts and I cannot lie, oh. obviously. I've uh, I've uh, been unfaithful in a relationship. I have I have been affected by infidelity. That's got to be everybody. Mhm. Mhm. You've ne- wow. Wow. Well, just wait. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> All right, I think I f- I feel like I know you guys. Now. That was pretty fucking good. Um, Give yourselves a round of applause. Very brave. It's very, very brave. I, uh, does anybody else read? I know, like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Does anybody else read their horoscopes? <sighs> okay, great. Um, does, and, you read my horoscopes to me. Uh, yeah, I do. And, and he's Capricorn, so he's like, I don't believe this, but read it to me. <laughs> um, That's exactly <laughs> how it goes. I'm like, ugh. Oh. 
stupid, but no, no, wait. Are but you I real? am, I am that. I am great. Yeah. Um, I sent my boyfriend's a Scorpio, and I sent him his today, and he was like, "I'm perfect." <laughs> like such a Scorpio thing to say, um, and and uh, so I read pretty much every week that I remember. Um, I read Rob Brenzi's Free Will Astrology. It's in Now Magazine. It's in The Coast and Halifax. It's in whatever the Montreal. Uh, magazine is and um, sh- I'm sure he's American so it must be all through the states but he references like poetry and literature and politics and like things so his his the fact that he writes there's 12 zodiac signs right yeah so the fact that he writes there's 12 his, months of the year ain't there <laughs> it doesn't quite I actually fucking have no idea how that works I think didn't they add an astrology sign like last year no no they I think they added a planet but then they <laughs> took it away yeah <laughs> Uh, if we're going to be talking about space, I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I forgot Chris Hatfield's your best friend. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I read these every, every week, and uh, I just love that the fact Do you guys know where you are? Yeah. Okay, wonderful, sweet. I just wanted to make sure, because it's going to get fucking weird. <laughs> All right, well, you owe us one getting to know you round, and uh, uh, you can please Here's stand up. You're going to stand up if the statement is true for you, and you're going to remain seating if the statement is not true for you. I, I like a tongue on my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peace be with you. (laughs) You and 95% of the people in here. You missed that part, but um, you're not alone. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know. I just just felt like I want to share the horoscope thing because today mine was about how, like, I'm about to enter my, like, Alice in Wonderland phase, which I already feel like I've been in my whole life. Anybody here a Pisces? Woo! We're the best. Um, (laughs) We're very emotional. But, um, but yeah, and and I... and I love it because literally the phrase down the rabbit hole has been like showing up in my life a lot in the last week. And then when it shows up in my horse, I'm like, fuck yeah, Rob Brenzy. I can't wait to rub this in Jeremy's face. But it doesn't. I mean, well, why did it get so aggressive and angry? I mean, I let you read it to me. I know. With a hard I let of the you eyes. read it to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice, babe. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Share. Yeah. Because I think that that's what this podcast is for me. It is, and it, it, big, it big time is. It mm-hmm. big time is. Yeah, that makes lots of sense. Mm-hmm. It is big time. So. Um, uh, well, I know that I know that we, you know, we, so for those of you who may not know the boots, uh, we aren't <laughs> from here. Uh, we're from Halifax, and uh, we're, we're just visiting. We're just here for a few days, and we're re- recording some episodes while we're here, um, and we've had some some wildly lovely conversations, some very eye-opening conversations, and we've learned a buttload since we've been here. And I feel like it would be really uh, nice to kind of like touch on a couple of the things that we've learned within the last, uh, what, like 70, I don't know math, but it's like, is it 78? Is that three days? How many hours is in three days? Yeah, 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 that's what I meant, 72 days. Thank you. I can do math. Hours in it in three days <laughs> so we've learned a lot yeah. um so w- i have a list here one of the things that i learned um out of our conversations that we've had over the last few days uh is that chia seeds apparently are really great for binding up your shit so that uh, when you poop all the poop comes out and when you go to have anal you're <laughs> clean as a whistle 
add chia seeds to your diet and no more poo-poo on the pee-pee. That's what I learned. It's actually like incorporated in a, in a supplement, like apparently. An anal supplement? Like a supplement for people who are more likely to be having anal sex. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we learned that as well in mm-hmm. that conversation. Okay, so in other food news, I learned... This is fucked. <laughs> Did anyone listen to our episode that dropped yesterday with Stephanie... Or not Stephanie, Alicia. She's um, a, gy- a gynecologist obstetrician. Obs- Obstetrics. Uh, obstetrics. Um, she is... Uh, she told us this off mic at the elevator. Mm-hmm. I said, I'd love to have you back on and talk about lubrication. And she goes, oh, coconut oil. And I was like, isn't that kind of contentious? Because like, some people are like, I've always been a proponent of, of like, lots of coconut oil all the time, not with latex. And she, she, and, but the, I've seen headlines in the news lately that are like, oh, it'll fuck up your pH. She was like, no, it's absolutely fine. And also Crisco. I now, was like, I, like I, now, now, I came right, I came around the corner, wasn't a part of this conversation, and then I opened the door, and she's like, yeah, you just use Crisco's lube. And I was, the first thing that popped in my mind was, you guys are talking about how to get the quickest yeast infection? <laughs> I, that's what I thought was happening. And then Brody was like, no, 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 no. What I love about that is a couple of things we touched on in the conversation were like, what were old methods of birth control? Or what, what were right. old methods of like dealing with a, 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 a pelvic organ prolapse? Um, and they're basically both, in both cases, very much the same. Like instead of an IUD, it would be like pebbles or coins or whatever that would irritate like coins? the lining. Hold yes. On. Is that what they, is that what she said? I don't uh, remember. Well, I said pennies, but dirty pennies. I wanted to throw it. <laughs> well, we don't use them anymore. We got to <laughs> figure out some use for them. Put them in your vagina. They're copper and they'll clog it up. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that lesson on how IUDs work. Uh, <laughs> Just sitting here mansplaining what we should do with our pennies. Yeah, stick them in your vagina. Uh, we understand that that if anything irritable to the uterine lining is going to make it uninhabitable for a, a fetus. So great, so just whatever, whatever you think will be ir- irritating, put it up there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Or spend your money on an IUD, whatever. It's most anyway, very painful experience getting those put in. Um, and then the other thing was uh, the. Does everybody know what pelvic organ prolapse is? Prolapse is? Okay. It's um, when you have a baby. Uh, oh, my God, sometimes... guys. Buckle up. Please buckle up. Fuck. Okay. It's when you have a baby or multiple babies. It, it, it generally can happen to you if you have a baby where your, um, your bladder or your... Uh, bowel. The bowel. Um, can like basically fall against the wall of your vagina because they're right there and it will cause, it will fall into the vagina and then sometimes right out of the vagina. And It's um, like, think of um, a hernia. Yeah. But of your organs herniating out of, your pelvis. out of your vagina walls or out of the vagina. Super, super. Who wants to have a baby now? Super common. Who's up for having babies today? <laughs> We, we, th- also, we're changing our name of the podcast to the Anti-Birth Podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's the, another method of birth yeah. control. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, super common and also like has been happening forever and and also uh, people with 
who with pelvic organ prolapse have been dealing with forever by putting things up there that are wider than the circumference of the vagina hole so that it just basically holds things up there. That was another thing that we learned, and that was a lot. That was a lot to handle, and I feel weak. And I love it about Crisco because I'm like, lard has always been around. We know that. It's always, I bet it's always been used as a lube. And now I kind of want to use it as like, you know, all the moisturizer everywhere. Because that's what she said to do with coconut oil. Just don't do it standing under the Toronto sun. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's do two more, Bride. Uh, We learned that... (laughs) Let's do this one. We learned that I am actually fully 100% addicted to nicotine. Uh, how did and, that happen? Uh, yeah, how did that happen? Because I've never smoked this goddamn cigarette in my life. But we were sitting we were sitting across the street at Bar Hop having dinner. And I was like, man, I'm so fucking bummed out today. I'm like, I just hate my life. And I kind of am just like over everything. And then I pulled out my nicotine mouth spray. And I was like, I might as well take... Two hits of this, and I went, oh, my God, I'm so good. I feel great. And Brady was like, oh, that's... That's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah, but it goes back to our origin story as well, when Jeremy uh, discovered snuff, which is like a snortable... Did you actually... Do you have some? <laughs> Motherfucker. Actually... Let's just, here, let's get this out of the way. This isn't part of the podcast. I'll probably cut this out for the sake of my own life. I left my nicotine spray at home. Does anyone have Nick hit no. on them? I mean, if you do, please help him because he's going to be miserable in like <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Shit. All right. <sighs> Anyway, um, I'm addicted to nicotine, whatever. Next. Uh, today we learned that, uh, that the community of, of, of the kink of spanking Oh, yeah. They're called Spankos. Spankos. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> isn't, Please, that a, isn't that a cute name? It's, it's very like, cute. You, like Saturday morning, you know, you wake up and you're, you pull down your, your SpongeBob bed sheets and, and you're in your, your Christmas onesie and you look over at your four-year-old brother and you, you high-five him and say, peace be with you. And then... <laughs> And then the two of you run down to your living room and you sit down in front of the television and you just put on Spankos. Or no, you know what? Even better. You go down and your mom's poured you a nice bowl of Spankos. Actually, there's a bunch of cereal over there. Do we have Spankos? Is that a... No, it's not no, a brand Adrian, that E1 no has. Spankos over there? Okay, that's Speaking fine. Speaking of E1, you guys should get on the Spankos thing. No. no. <laughs> I, uh... I, maybe maybe that'll be the name of our TV show. Uh, I I actually Spankos? really I like I, I don't like being I like spanking. I would I like it too, and I would like to share this. It was just totally you cannot tell anybody. Um, we were on the phone like two days ago with a, it's a very not like international podcast. Okay, I, shh. Uh, we uh, we were on the phone the other day with a let's say a friend, and uh, this friend was like we were talking about. Um, relationship dynamic and and specifically something i've been trying to figure out a lot lately which is uh, sexual polarity which is i'm not going to try to explain what that is but essentially the yin and the yang so we all have this like this like uh, uh two sides of our of, of our I, I know we're more complex than two sides but but we've got these like there's masculine energy feminine energy and all the whole spectrum in between and we we swing between them it's 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 uh you know the masculine energy is said to be like the container or the structure or the the um 
consciousness and the female the feminine is the um the energy and the emotion and the creativity and so you need both you need the the container as well as like what it's holding and um and I'm just scratching the surface and I'm I'm just like I totally I'm obsessed with the idea of it because you know when you hear something you're like this feels like it's gonna feel really right this is like a language I can I can make my own anyway um and we were talking about relationship dynamic and he was like, well, when my partner is upset with me, um, we don't use words. Uh, she'll come into the room and she'll just go, and she'll stomp her feet and I'll pick her up and I'll throw over my shoulder and I'll spank her. And, um, and like, I'm like, that would definitely and the, and, work well, the for big me. Part, the big part is that then they giggle together. And oh, they, they run giggle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What it does is it, it takes like, it takes all, it, it just, it makes it all of a sudden playful and then it yeah. becomes sensual and kind of erotic and I'm like uh I'm gonna write that down and I'm gonna suggest that to my partner um so I just wanted to yeah and then you're gonna pick me up put over me over your shoulder <laughs> yeah. and be like spank and I'm like ah, what the fuck <laughs> I'm like hold still you're hurting my back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um all right well uh let's let's waste no more time um uh we uh, <laughs> brain fart where's my nicotine uh we We'll move on into the conversation that we're here to have. But before we do, one really quick thing, and this might be very embarrassing, not for me or Bridie, uh, but we, so a long time ago, we, a long time ago, we started a Patreon account, and anybody who's here who supports us on Patreon, holy fucking, like, the reason we're here is because of you. And, And that's not... That's not not hyperbole. Like that is the, the straight up. The reason we are here is because Patreon has funded our way here. So thank you all so much. Whoever is in the room who's supporting us on Patreon, anybody and who isn't supporting us on Patreon, thanks for buying a ticket to tonight's show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for stepping in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I want to say is that we had we had one person who uh, jumped on a, a, a pretty like generous uh, donation amount, and part of that uh, part of that um, pledge or part of that like tier was you get a piece of merch. So Jennifer, uh, we've got your sweater here. I didn't want to mail it to you because I was like, we're fucking coming to Toronto, so come on up and get your sweater and give Jennifer a round of applause for being embarrassed. <laughs> I hope it fits. Um, and uh, all right, let's get right to the conversation tonight. <coughs> I really don't know what to say in terms of of introing. We, you know, there's there's a, not much prep that goes into any of what I do in my life, and so uh, I'm gonna just kind of wing it here. Our guest this evening is a woman that I had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, I would say a few months ago, um, while I was in Toronto, we had a, a, a very spontaneous coffee date to talk about life, talk about um, uh, creativity, talk about passion, and I, I will not, I will not hold back. I truly will say it was, it was uh, for myself, and I hope this doesn't make the conversation awkward, but it was love at first sight. Um, I'm probably going to be a bumbling idiot for the next hour. Put your hands together for our friend Nicole Hodges. I mean, uh, Nicole, Nicole, double L, and Nicole. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 put your hands together for Nicole. 
I love your outfit. I've been I've been I've been thinking about it all night, but I'm only just Thank you for finally saying something. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow, I feel like I'm on a first date. <laughs> Um, I would just like to, uh, to, uh, point out that the, we didn't plan the sunset very well. Yeah. Did everyone bring their sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I know these blinds can come down. I'm just going to put that out there in the universe. The blinds oh, can they? down. Can they? I, I think there's blinds. Yeah. But I, blinds? I don't can know if, that, if okay, that'll happen. Sweet. Well, I'll just put can that we, out there. Can we also jack up the AC? I'm fucking sweating. Can it, does it look out? Can you tell how hot I am? It's the nicotine withdrawal. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the nicotine withdrawal. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. Uh, you'll want to talk real close to this microphone. I like to... I'm trying to like find a good... I know, it's awkward. It is a little bit awkward. because Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. you got to cheat. You, you know all about cheating. You're in the, you're in the world of like media and cheating. And cheating. <laughs> I mean... Creating a, sto- a, a visual story and yeah. making it seem like it's very comfortable and casual. I guess, what's the, what's the first thing we should bring up? Um, oh, man. Okay. Are you a journalist? Yeah, I think you, you've got a you got a varied history. Is this good? Yeah, do I think like so. This? Okay, I like it. Does that look good do to you, you, Jeremy? Do you, Jeremy, do you like <laughs> do you like this? <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Um, okay, I can give kind of like a brief a brief overview. Yes, please. Uh, journalist is is the way that I I describe myself usually. Um, just because I think I think with most people these days we do so much more than one thing, but I find that journalism uh, is something that kind of encapsulates all that I do. I used to be a television reporter back in Vancouver for CTV, and I was bored out of my fucking mind. And I was being I was being groomed um, through the station, and I saw my whole life before me. It looked like a long hallway without any doors, and that I was just going to walk down, and I was never going to enter a new room in my in my consciousness and so I decided the only thing that made sense to do if I wanted to figure out who I really was was set my whole life on fire and walk away in slow motion with a burning inferno behind me of my previous life which was a career and a seven-year relationship and the city I grew up in so I started a company called Girls Who Say Fuck I had no idea what it was besides a beacon to find my people and I moved to Toronto and it's just kind of grown and flourished into all of these wonderful things but a journalist, sure. How long have you been here? <laughs> I've been in Toronto for a little over a year. Thank you for having me. You guys are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that Brady mentioned earlier, which was sort of falling down the rabbit hole, mm. uh, I, I believe, just based off of everything I've seen from you in terms of the content you're putting out there, is a phrase that speaks directly to you and just like, you know, again, like, you know, I've, I've maybe spent uh, about three hours of my entire life in your presence, mm. physically, like in real I- I- IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that I've heard from you, that, that notion, that phrase of like um, following, you know, following like the white rabbit or like mm. falling through the rabbit hole. Yes, I've rebranded it to the jackalope. Seems to be a, a very big part of your life um, and like something that you, you consistently go through. Uh, I, I'm trying to like think of a way to tie this into something I've just like recently heard. 
Can can you just can, you go just ask can what I you want to ask? Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> can you tell you just when yes. you're sitting back there and you're like, I just wanted to let you know I'm like I recently I recently fell I think I'm like falling in love I fell in love with somebody. Yes. And you told me you this, went to the bathroom. I was you not went there. The you were in the bathroom. Crucial information. Then you're gonna fucking love this. Tell me the story about you're in a new relationship. Okay. And how that all came to fruition because it's it's a fucking movie moment. Oh, thank you. Um, oh God. The thing about these questions is, is there's, there's always so many layers to them. Um, and I think it's really important to say that after my seven year relationship, after, after I kind of ended that, I, I actually became a bit psycho, um, because I had, I had grown up with somebody and all of a sudden I had to stand on my own two feet and I had to figure that out. And while I'm on this journey of, uh, building this company and being in this new city, uh, and learning to be on my own, uh, all of these really crazy things started coming into my life, and one of those things was actually the opportunity to start practicing being a dominatrix, which we'll get to. We most certainly will get to that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, falling in love after these new experiences have come into my life, and these new roles have become part of my identity, such as being a dominatrix. It's it's allowed me to to have so many different uh, interactions, and like you said, so many explore so many different dynamics. Uh, so falling in love even though I've done it before, this time it feels completely different because I feel closer to who I actually am than I've ever been before. And so uh, this person, we, we met at the Juno Awards in 2014. Uh, he's a musician and, and I was reporting out there. And I saw him perform and, and we, we had a wonderful conversation afterwards. And like How long was that? I never asked this. How long was that conversation? It was, it was maybe, maybe five minutes. Five minute conversation. Okay. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, I ended up writing a story about about the band that he was in, and then we, and then we went our separate ways. We fell off. Uh, that was in 2014, and then a few months ago, uh, I'm at a bar and I see this man across the room playing um, saxophone, and I stopped one of my friends and I was like, "Oh my god, that's him. That's that's it. That's it." And not that's him, the guy I remember from no, the no, Juno, no. I f- but that's him, like. That's my... That's my person. Yeah. And I just knew. And, uh, but I had completely forgotten that we had met already. And very rarely do you get to meet the same person twice. And so I, my first impression with, of, of him was just this, this really weird pull that I had never experienced before. And I went up to him after the show and I was like, hey, I just wanted to say like, you play music absolutely beautifully. I'm incredibly drawn to you. I'm a journalist. If there's anything I can ever do to support you, which is like always my line... Let me support you. It's very flirty. Let me help you live forever I'm, by writing your story. I, I'm an accountant. <laughs> if there's anything I can do to support you, <laughs> you know, I mean, anyone can really use this. This goes, this goes for well, all. Yeah, professions. and it's like it, if if like it doesn't turn into a romantic thing, I'd be like, it was business. What are you talking about? And so it's a good padding. But anyway, uh, I said that, and, and he kind of he kind of laughed, and he was like, "What's your name?" And I was like, "Nicole." And. Uh, He's like, no, but what's your last name? I was like, well, you, w- you wouldn't know me. Like, I'm from Vancouver. He's like, it's Hodges, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, I, uh, we've met before, and I've never forgotten about you. And I remember where we were standing and what you were wearing <gasps> and what we talked about. And I was like, so coffee? <laughs> then? And uh, we just, that kind of started it off. And it's been a beautiful journey. I'm going to cry. And again, that, you know, coming back to that phrase, which is something that I see you use very much through your social media, through Girls Who, fu- uh, girls who Say Fuck. And Girls Who Fuck. And Girls Who Fuck. Uh, 
just down the rabbit hole, you know, like I following, think it's magic. following it's, the jackalope. It, it or, is. It's, it, and the reason why I refer to it as following the jackalope is because the jackalope is this mystical creature that you never actually end up catching. And that's not the point. You're not I, supposed to catch it. For years, anything. I thought a jackalope was a real thing. Really? It, yeah, yeah. I Keep believing that, man. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Well, no, <laughs> no. I definitely don't want to be telling people I no. think that. Yeah, no, jackalopes, jackalopes are, are real. real. You can see them at the zoo. Yeah. I can I see it. It's got horns, right? It does. It is, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like an antelope and a, and a jackrabbit. And I, I try to incorporate jackalopes into whatever create or like thing I'm creating. And I'm actually I'm writing a book about orgasms right now, which we can also get to later. But uh, the, the character is going to be an e-jackalope. So see what ah. I did there with the you know with the thing. See what you did there. See what I did there. <laughs> a good one. Good with words. She's good with words. Anyway, um, yeah. Just just to, just to wrap up your point about the rabbit hole, I think it's uh, it's. It's noticing synchronicities. It's 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 the magic of everday life. It's um. I'm gonna have some. Should I have some wine? Yeah, I should have some wine. Yeah. Are you also a Pisces? The one. Mm. Okay. I'm just gonna. Gemini. I'm just gonna Fuck put this yeah. More wine. <laughs> We're very compatible, Gemini's and uh, just saying. Um, Where are my Capricorns at? <clears throat> no, they're not. <laughs> Either they're not at it's a bullshit. show like this. <laughs> <laughs> or they're pretending they don't know they're their pretending own They're pretending they don't know. They're pretending yeah, they don't care what? No. I, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know, know if that. I am or not. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, you know, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about, but uh, uh, there is one thing that came up yesterday. Uh, mm. Yesterday, well, I guess today, really, at 12, 14 a.m. Uh, oh, a, yeah, I remember that. It was a tweet that you put out, and uh, I'm just curious to know what that experience was like. The tweet was... In an Uber, waiting for the edibles to kick in on my way to a sex club to make observations about human behavior for a book I'm writing in Dr. Seuss-style verse about female sexual empowerment after an evening with powerful women drinking rosé under a full moon. Okay, life. (laughs) Now. Yeah. But it was more like, okay, life. Okay. I see you. Now, you went to... Did you go to Oasis? Yeah, I went to Oasis last night for the first time. I took myself on a date there. You went by yourself? Yeah. I have a great time by myself because I'm never alone because I'm a Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) Where my Capricorns at? Again, is there actually no Capricorns in here? Okay, yeah. Why didn't you raise your hand when I asked? You guys are really difficult. Has anyone ever told you that? I hate us. So stubborn. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, so you went by yourself. Uh, yeah. Uh, round of applause. Who's been to Oasis? Mm. Man, we have so much to learn from places like that. Who, it was incredible. Who doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say Oasis? And, and clap. No, no, clap. Yeah. yeah we want the noise. audience at home to hear. Um, yeah, Oasis is a, it's a sex club here in Toronto and it exists at, uh, I believe very specifically Gerard Mutual, mm-hmm. uh, which was on the same street that I lived in in my first home, uh, not a residence outside of my own adult life. And His that, room. Okay. So this street? is where we started sleeping together. I lived on Mutual Me too. at Riot. Fuck off. I've lived at 186 Mutual. is my first place. Wait, you lived at 186 Mutual. No. (laughs) Can you please dump the guy that you're in love with? (laughs) Dude, you're in a relationship where you can have multiple relationships. Like, this is chill. We can do this. (laughs) (laughs) 
to buy everybody. <laughs> Totally kidding. I'm in love now. <laughs> You're kidding? <laughs> anyway, I, I li- we lived in the same house. and uh, But I never went to Oasis until Neither a couple months ago with, with Becca. Mm. And man, that place. Is it a water park? <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah, there's That's water slides. And there's, uh, there's like, there, they have dolphins. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. No, it's not a water park. There is a wa- there's a hot tub though, mm, mm-hmm. and, a and a pool. Oh, have you been there? <laughs> Sounds like a water yeah. park. And that oh, wait. was that was last that night. was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so Oasis is a sex club that exists in near Ryerson, um, and you went by yourself. But does that mean there were no men there? <clears throat> What? That doesn't work. That's no, right. just Sorry, like you said Wednesdays was ladies' female night. Female warrior utopia. Like, you know, it's got to be the, the counterpart. Right. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Every now and then. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I had some rosé uh, under that full moon with a few friends. Uh, one of my friends gifted me these earrings yesterday just because, and I thought to myself, God damn, I got to do these earrings justice and take them on an adventure. So I... Uh, yeah, I just I just decided to go and, and I think I think with all things I, I treat life like an experiment and, and for me my my life and the way I choose to live is is my greatest project. Um and I and I think I think part of the reason why I do the things I do is because I look at a lot of what I do objectively. I look at it like the loving mother outside of a sandbox watching her children play and, and discover themselves. And so I put myself in these situations, but I'm also the observer of my awareness of what's happening. So I go to a sex club and uh, I, I wasn't even I wasn't an active participant necessarily, but I got to instigate conversation with people. I got to learn. Um, I got to meet a lot of really fascinating people and, and ask them things about consent and ask them things about you know we when you're in those four walls, men have so much more to lose. Like if you misbehave, it's it's like it's you're you're out. So men are on their best behavior, and it's like how do we translate that into the mm. regular world? And like what can we learn about keeping consent sexy in places like that where you know like no one even touched my arm without asking me if it's okay and it's not just like this this clinical are you having a good time are you still having a good time are you still having a good time it's like you can make every single step of that process sexual and I think it actually has more mindfulness to it like you are in it every second because both people are are so aware of just like the ebb and and flow of of this like very particular Mm. provocative dynamic there's something very, like, um, very inviting and very friendly about that environment, too, because, I, that, I mean, that's the way that I, that I felt about it as well, being a man, mm-hmm. but also being that, in that space with somebody that I was with. Like, there was something very, um, I don't know, like, the, the only word that comes to my mind is, and I'm, I'm sure there's a better word, but it was so friendly. Yeah. Everyone was just so happy. Everyone's everyone's naked and <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's the other thing. Everyone's you're naked. Nude. Yeah, and, but also the way that I look at it is, you have to be a certain type of person to show up at a place like that. And the people that that don't belong, and by not belonging, I truly mean like you you don't know how to behave yourself in that kind of situation. They just simply get asked to leave, and so what you're left with is people who are living a judgment free life and who are 
perpetuating that by making sure that everyone around them also feels safe. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a microcosm of, of like a Burning Man experience where like what happens when everybody just has each other's back and wants each other to have the best time possible. Like it really does feel like a, like a Petri dish of the best version of humanity. And just to touch on something that you said there uh, specifically about like people who may not uh, be the type that should be there. Like, I, 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 would, I would hate for that to be confused with anyone who's like maybe out here or at home listening who's like, yeah, but I'm very shy. I don't know if that's for me. Dude, that is the environment mm-hmm. where someone who is so... The thought of that place like being anxiety-inducing or so shy, as soon as you are there, I, I truly do feel. It, it is so inviting and so low key Mm -hmm. and so um again there's like a there's a culture to it that sort of invites you to let go of your 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 defenses and and let go it's primal it is you use friendly like i'll say primal in that it just feels like all of the bullshit (laughs) is gone and quite literally when you take off your clothes you're naked amongst strangers and it is so incredibly comforting mm. to, to be in that space. There's just, there's something about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to say a line and like, this is, I envision one day, maybe I'll give a Ted talk and this is going to be the first line of my Ted talk. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> was that not it? Sorry, well, I'm, 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 I'm now holding you to like, that. Dude, if, so you did, if that was your first Ted talk line, you I'm telling you right now that will kill. Well, no one's ever done that in a TED talk. No one ever done it. Everybody poops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay so, okay, so the first line of my TED talk is going to be, I was leading a man on a leash through a sex club in Berlin when I realized I wanted to be a mom one day. <laughs> <laughs> Compelling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Compelling and, a, and an amazing segue. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah. Help me understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain it to the people. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, is I don't know the second line of my TED Talk. I've only got the first one nailed down, so bear with me. We'll get through this together. Well, when, we, when you and I first met, yeah. we had coffee at some place at like... Davenport or something, mm-hmm. Davenport and uh, I, I don't know. Christie or something, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was some. It was some place that the Uber driver just could not help but tell me about all of the things that I needed to know about this cafe, <laughs> and uh, he just he knew everything. I think he must have been best friends with the guy who owned the place. Mm-hmm. And w- one of the things that you told me on that on that you know very brief one hour hangout was this story about how you accidentally became a dominatrix. True. And it's a very you'd like You'd story. like me to take it from here. <laughs> Please explain. I just wanted yeah. to watch you stumble I, through that as I, long as I, possible. There's no possible he way. He could make this question epically long. <laughs> it's very simple, the question that you are about to ask for 20 minutes. So I'm so also... Just I, take I, it from I, here. You know what? Uh, full disclosure, I just realized... I'm wow, really that's drunk. All, that's all. <laughs> so, because this shit is uh, too tasty, and it's forty percent alcohol. Wow. So, 
Good night, everybody. Uh, anyway, you continue with the story. Yeah, you drink some of that yeah, water. Yeah, you I'm just sit there talk. and let the ladies just chat about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, this is why I don't want to be a mother. <laughs> I'm actually going to go take a pee, but continue. Okay, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share with you how I kind of stumbled into this thing. And, and to clarify, oh, he's actually going. Okay. <laughs> You're actually going. You know the story. Um, the, the, the thing that I've kind of coined it as, uh, what I've realized it is, it's, it's called psychological domination and you don't literally tie them up, but you tie them up by their minds. And so, so nothing that I actually do, um, with this person and potentially a second person that might be coming into my life, should they be so lucky, um, is that I don't, I don't engage in, in anything physical with them. It's all just helping them become a better version of themselves by putting them in situations that challenges them and enlightens them enough to get closer to who they actually want to be without even really needing to tell me about it. It all is because I'm an incredibly deep listener. And so I will spend time with these people and I will listen so much to what they're saying that I can get in between and I can start to kind of weave labyrinths for them. And so this is what happened in Berlin. So we're just going to pause that and I'm going to let you know how I even got to Berlin. So I went on a date with this guy in July of last year. And usually I I was on a dating site for two weeks. I'll never do it again because I would show up a few minutes late to each date and I could tell right away whether or not I was going to sleep with that person. And it was always a no. And because they were like, you know, everyone lies. And it was just, it was just too much. And I remember walking into this date with this one guy and I actually couldn't tell. I couldn't tell whether I wanted to be with him or not or whether I was interested in exploring anything. It was just kind of like this murky gray area. And uh, actually one of my favorite words is Grau. Does anyone know that word? So when, you, when you're in a dark room, it's actually not pitch black. It's this really specific color called Grau, And it's, it's the light that your eye picks up in what you perceive as otherwise complete darkness. And this is one of my favorite places to operate from. It's, it's that feeling of, of uncertainty, um, but still trusting that you can kind of see the outlines of things and that you're going to get to where you're going. But with, with this man, I couldn't see anything. I felt like I was all of a sudden shut in this, in this room of, of Ijingrau. And I decided to continue pursuing it. And by the end of the third date, I was just like, okay, it's not worth it. And so I, 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 you know, got dropped off at my house. I went inside and I crafted this message and I was just like, Hey, I just want to thank you so much for the time we've spent together. But you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm not seeing this going anywhere. So I think, you know, we should go our separate ways and he responds. Okay. And then, so I go um, to my friend and I'm, I'm messaging her and I'm just like, Oh my God, thank God I got rid of that guy. Like he was so weird. Like he didn't have his shit together. He didn't know what he wanted. Like blah, blah, blah. I think he might be gay, but he like doesn't want to talk about it or whatever. <clears throat> and I sent it to him. Oh, And I realized I sent it to him and those little bubbles popped up and it was eternity. Has anybody else like, I mean, maybe not that very specific scenario, but like sent, yeah, sentiment Mm. and you went. It happens. And, and those, and like when you're waiting for the response, you're just like, there's no getting out of this. So I'm just going to wait. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait and whatever happens. Okay. And, um, he responds, go on. That was like, it took him a long time to type two words. <laughs> I love the it faces like in the audience. Time. The face, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that was my thought exactly. Oh, shit. Okay. So I was like, okay. 
And uh, we ended up having a three-hour conversation, and he finally opened up to me about all of the things that he kind of wanted. And, and, and you know, without giving too much away, but he's the head of a, of a mining company, and this man is at the top of the totem pole, and he, he's forgotten what it feels like to want or work for something that he might not get. And, mm. um, you know, a white man in charge who has gone his whole life being able to get anything he wants and now he's reached the top and he's you know 42 years old and he just forgets what it's like to desire this is i've never asked you this yeah. uh, was did he come from nothing or was he was he pretty like cushy before as as far as i know um he he's he's never needed yeah. or wanted for anything right. and hmm. so Something as subtle as, uh, you know, not allowing that person to have a drink of water when they want a drink of water or having them on a leash at a sex club and you're on MDMA making out with a couple people behind them in a writhing pit of women and he's not allowed to turn around. And <laughs> something as simple as that, you know? Totally. <laughs> and, 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 but just, just, just to, like prolong that feeling of suspended satisfaction enough that you forget the goal and you relish in the moment of desire. And that is what it is. And it's creating these circumstances for these people. And it's not about having, I've explained, you know, this to my girlfriends multiple times, but they said, Oh, I want to have, power like that over someone and and I constantly say it's not about having power over someone it's about having power for someone it's about learning enough about yourself that you can be a steady force and there's this beautiful word I, I love and it's called ataraxia and ataraxia is the ability to remain calm in 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 the storm and it's the people that for the most part have withstood a lot of chaos in their lives and and have this innate ability to stand really strong and sturdy when everything around them seems to be falling apart and it's about being that way for someone else so someone who's incredibly strong and everyone's leaning on them to be strong enough within yourself that they finally feel like they can lean on someone else Mm. yeah (laughs) thank you I think that's, I feel like that, so while you were speaking, I was wondering how um, specifically he named his desire and how much you had to read between the lines. And because I think that uh, a lot of powerful people uh, from the, just the anecdotes that I've read and the, the, the research that experts have done that I've read is that a lot of really powerful people feel like they just want to surrender to someone Mm -hmm. and, um, and that is, that's a very relatable mm-hmm. feeling. I mean, to, you know, most of us, because of we live in like this very individualistic sort of, like that's really prioritized and really glorified is like, who am I? And like, you know, what makes me special? And what do I have to offer? And, you know, you know my happiness is important is like, um, we're in control of a lot of things or we feel like we have to try to be in control of a lot of things. So for a lot of people to be like, just give me a situation where I don't have to make a decision mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't have to like make the plans and I can just like surrender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, sometimes that manifests as a physical thing, like quite literally putting a collar on this person and a leash, but the leash never actually comes off because when you are able to, again, craft these scenarios and these situations where this person, and I think the best way to describe it really is to come back to why was it that I was in this very sexual circumstance and yet that's when I realized I wanted to be a mom. And it's because I was experiencing a type of love that I'd never experienced before for this other person. And it was realizing the deep well that I have for the, to do what needs to be done for the well-being of somebody else. And it wasn't a family member, and it wasn't a lover, and it wasn't a friend. It was like, it was the love that a mother would have for a child where you want them to be in the world and you want to allow them sometimes to fail. And that's okay. Because you know that by them failing, they will have an opportunity to get closer to the self that they actually want to be. And so when I'm leading him by, you know, on this leash and I'm, and I'm walking through all these people, like I'm looking at the world around me, but I also like, I have the money. He has to ask me if he can have a sip of water. He, you know, I gave him tasks. I stood up on this balcony and I told him to go dance and that if he disappointed me, like I would come down and let him know. So just someone down below dancing, knowing that they're being watched and scrutinized, it never comes from a place where I would ever humiliate this person but I'm putting them in situations that they've just simply never experienced before and it's all based on love turn me on we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Can you, you know, I think a lot of this comes from that, that trip to Berlin. Mm-hmm. 
can you talk a little bit about the the sort of task you put them on when you when you guys were both here? There was like a little. Oh yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. There was a little, so like... I um, I sent him on a kinky scavenger hunt, and <laughs> the whole time he had to be wearing a cock ring. And um, I sent him grocery shopping, but the only things he picked up for me were like very like pseudo phallic things. I was like, get me peaches and bananas. <laughs> and so I just was like keeping his mind in a vice grip. And um, one of the things that I thought was really fun was that there was this, there was this store um, that I sent him into. Actually, this, this book down here, it's a, it's a purse, but it says it's a book of spells. It looks like a book. Uh, that's what he picked up for me. But I went into the store ahead of time and I vetted these places. I went in, I talked to the people, I made sure they were comfortable. I said, hi, you know, like I'm going to have someone coming in. This is the situation. They're going to come up to you and say, my master sent me. And is that okay with you? And they're like, fuck yeah. This is super weird. Definitely. Stacy, get over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> so, and so... This one store I went into ahead of time, and I was like, is this okay? I'm going to leave this, this purse behind the counter for him to pick up for me. Um, and there's going to be a note in the purse. And, uh, you know, I, I told the women, I was like, he's going to be wearing a cock ring. He's, he's, he's a sub. Um, this is a situation. Like, he will feel really good knowing that you know, that he knows that you know that he's wearing a cock ring that's too small for him. Are we cool? They're like, yeah. So when he went into the store to pick up this purse for me, he opened it up and there was a note and the first line said, everyone in here knows that you have a tiny dick. (gasps) And he loved it. Where did you get these ideas? Like, where did this come? Did you read this in a book? That's what I was thinking the whole time. And Stacy's just over there trying to sort clothes and being like, oh God, oh God, that's him, that's him, that's him. Oh my God. Did you, did like, but honestly though, coming to that question, like, did you... Did you study this for is, this? It's too good. Is this part of your journalism uh, Yeah, did they teach you this at RTS? <laughs> at J School? Oh. No, this is, this is the thing. I stumbled into it, but it was like a lock and key with my being. It was like all of the weird parts of me and the caring, loving parts of me that I couldn't express otherwise finally have a place to flourish. And I think that's the really cool thing about not being afraid to follow your path, as cheesy as that seems, but it's, it's so true because I've, when I set my life on fire, when I left everything behind, it wasn't easy. Um, it was a very difficult time and I felt like I was wandering around in the dark and I learned to become very, very comfortable with wandering around in the dark because I realized that when you don't, when you can't see and you don't know exactly what it is that you're looking for, you'll find things that you didn't even realize you were seeking. It's like, it's like bumping into something and we're told constantly in society to get out of the dark as quickly as possible have a goal have a plan have a career have a path do this but i think there's a lot to be said about the beauty of wandering and wandering wholeheartedly because if i hadn't had the courage to wander i wouldn't have found this part of myself that i didn't even realize i needed to to feel complete Yes, we like. Yeah, that. snap your yeah, fingers. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. I like that. We we spoke with um, a guy today on the microphone, and and we've spoken to him before, Dr. James Cantor, and um, 
he reminded me just while he was speaking that the first uh, interview we had with him, I was so inspired because he just fell in to his career mm-hmm. and he's, he just did it by being in the right place at the right time, but that he was there because he was following his curiosity. Yeah. And he went down the rabbit hole. And again, this is another, this is what I certainly went down the rabbit hole. Yes. And, uh, and this is just, I, every time I hear that reaffirmed, I'm like, yes, trust, trust that your curiosity will take you. It feels like catapulting down the rapids with your paddle in the air, just screaming constantly like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, and you just you just have to trust that, and it's so exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. But that pull, that little voice, whatever you want to call it, that's just asking you to trust it. You just have to keep trusting it. Speaking of uh, going down the rabbit hole, uh, I want to talk about girls who say fuck. Sure. Which um, can I have I, some more wine though? Is there? Yeah. yeah. This that's what this is. So Great. Please, let's do guys, that. please catch up, please. <laughs> I'm, I feel so alone up here. <laughs> I got your back. Help. Um, <laughs> You're doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's because I stopped drinking and shut up for a minute. Uh, girls who say fuck. So this is, uh, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, I, I feel like, can you intro what, like, I feel like it's a movement you're you're creating. I, I, call, it, I call it a philosophy. All right, there we go. That's yeah. even better than what I said. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Girls Who Say Fuck is a philosophy. It's a, it's a way of life for the curious. It's a way of life for people that are willing to courageously wander in the dark. It is the umbrella under which I get to create all of the weird and wonderful things in my brain. And I get to pick up my people along the way because that's what the whole thing was. It was a beacon. It's a filter. It's... I say, you know, I tell people that I'm, I have a company called Girls Who Say Fuck, and I can tell within a second whether they're like, I say fuck. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> or if they're like, that's fucked up. How are you ever going to make a living? And I was like, I don't know, but here I am. And I think that distinction, that strong, that strong line between the two rules out a lot of superficiality. I don't have time for it. I like that. We feel the same thing with doing a sex podcast is like there's certain doors that are just closed. You know, sick boy has opportunities that Termion doesn't have because of the content that of things we talk about. And it's just like, yeah. Okay. Do how much am I going to miss out on for doing this wholeheartedly and putting my whole life on a blast and intimate details of my life? And does that matter? Sometimes, Are those opportunities and, yeah. I care about missing? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does, you know? And sometimes it does. Yeah. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes it does, and you either choose to fucking care about it or you don't. Did we talk about that on, on our show? Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. amazing schmace? The amazing race. I'll bleep that out when we fucking post it online. But we were gonna we were gonna be on the Amazing Race. Really, then, not we, not no, me, no, no, but no. me and Taylor from Sick Boy. Yeah, and uh, we were a week, two weeks out from uh, being flown to the start city where you start and like you that's where you go, and uh, they cut us. They cut us two weeks out, and we were at South by Southwest, and we got a call, and they were like, "Yeah, 
Turns Fucking out network has sponsors the Jer's net Jer's sex podcast. It's a little too risky. No way. And so they they cut it down. They said no. I didn't give a fuck. Taylor was heartbroken. He was. I, I gave a fuck because I was like, dude, this would have been great for, you know, my business. Mm-hmm. But also, I've never watched a single episode of the. I I don't know what the schmashmazing schmace is about. Is that how it's pronounced? The schmashmazing schmace? I don't know. I find that so. Can I smoke? Am I allowed to have? I don't think you are, but I would say go for it and blow it <laughs> it's a vape. into Bridie's a... mouth. I, I don't know. <laughs> for you or for me? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Oh my God. You put that. Put don't that blow it in my <laughs> mouth. I have CF. <laughs> but do. Um, that's incredibly frustrating, <laughs> though, and I'm and I'm sorry, and I and I, I, I get again like I find this so funny that something like having a podcast that talks about sex is something that actually caused you to not have this experience. It's 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 are we really at that point where we still can't openly be discussing these things? Yeah. It's what? and and, yeah, and girl and girls who say fuck the f word, you know, like the the funny thing like I half the reason I I love this name is because the amount of white men in boardrooms that have had to say fuck, girls who say fuck or I'm just sitting there like say it, address me. Yeah. And they and they do. And that but it's incredibly liberating whether you're talking about sex, whether you're saying the word fuck, to just be like, right, we're all human. Like, what are we pretending yeah. to do here? Won't it actually serve us better to just openly talk about the things that we all have in common? Yeah. Like fucking? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, just living life. Like, yes. Be, we're, we're all sexual beings. Regardless of whether or not we have sex or not, we're all sexual beings. That's how we and, fucking got here. And, and sexuality is so intrinsic and, and intertwined in the female experience yeah. and, and and I can only speak from the standpoint of you know, a straight woman but it does express itself in so many other ways than just having sex now speaking of girls who say fuck you recently did a uh, I guess a, an art piece an art project uh, titled men who take baths mm-hmm which I will say this, and I'm going to be very. I like how you structure the title of your thing. I'm just, I'm just gonna. I like, I like mm. the partial phrases. I like the the nouns and the <laughs> verbs. You do, you do make a good title. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, men who take baths. I mean, you know, tell us about it. But I will say this. Does anyone here know, is anyone familiar with this project? Clap. Yes. Clap. Clap please. if you do. So we, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh wow. There's wow. mostly not though, right? So. So, men who take baths, I put 15 men into bubble baths, and I asked them about modern masculinity and what that means for feminism. And I, this is the second time I've done the project. The first time I did it in Vancouver, the second time I I did it out here in Toronto uh, a few weeks ago. And I asked the same sequence of questions, and never once have I received the same answer, which is part of the point to prove that you can present the different people with the same thing and you're just going to get wildly different answers and we have to respect that we're all living in different realities but a lot of the questions were you know what does being a man mean to you and what's one of the you know biggest barriers that's facing gender equality in 2019 and how do we raise boys into men who view women as equal Uh, how can women help men in the feminist movement and 
the whole the, the the genesis of the project originated from it was a few years ago when the future is female slogan was seeing quite a massive resurgence and i remember walking by a store in portland and it was written on mugs and t-shirts the future is female the future is female and and i felt two very distinct ways about that one i was incredibly excited for the little girls that would see that and be hopeful for the potential of the world that awaited them and then the second part of me thought is this language actually serving to divide us more than it is serving to unite us and this project is based in the desire to not forget the importance of seeking to understand one another and I I, I say it's it's elevating collective consciousness through (coughs) conversation but what it is and, and it's it's not about male vulnerability. It's about male integrity. It's about looking at these men in these positions and giving them the permission to tell us what we can also do as women to help them be better allies. Hmm. The thing that, uh, that I'm wondering the most out of all that is, are they actually naked or are they wearing bathing suits? No, so, so they're all naked, minus like two who chose to <laughs> go with jo- shorts that's on. A bo- I'm jo- fucking joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, I, I'm, are you asking I if know. I saw dick that day? Uh, no, 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 no. That was, that was a want? really that was a stupid joke. But, but the thing I am, I am curious about is, was there anything that, that then answer that stuck out to you that actually like, floored you mm. or 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 made you take a second to like step back and go whoa I wasn't I was not prepared for that absolutely so the first round and the second round there was something that was incredibly unexpected as a as a similarity as a common thread through most of these men and I don't I don't know them ahead of time um you know people will will kind of submit uh men to interview or it'll be like friends of a friend whatever um, so these men aren't, these men aren't chosen because they hit a certain quota. Like I'm not going like, all right, I need to make sure that I have a trans man and an Asian man and a black man. It's just, it, it was very organic the way that this project has kind of unfolded. All of those voices are represented, but it was just complete happenstance. The thing that I could have never predicted is afterwards I'm transcribing all these interviews and I realize that almost every single man grew up without a father. Whoa. Almost every single man in these baths were raised by single strong mothers who taught them that they're no different, that there's no, there's no difference between how men and women should be treated and should treat one another. How did you, how did you, what was your process of selecting the men? They, they would, they would just kind of come to me through like friends of friends. I would, I would put a call out and see what, see what would come back. Um, the first one in Vancouver, it was men that were kind of in my like, you know, like third degree of separation. So people that I knew that I just felt drawn to and people that had expressed through the way that they live their lives, something that I could see was, was going to be beneficial for helping us to all understand what feminism is and, and can be and we, we all have different definitions of what feminism is for me it's equality it's 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 about finally reaching a place of equality with while still making sure that we <coughs> pay attention to a subjugated group of people which have been women one of the questions that I asked was, what do you hear when you hear the term toxic masculinity? 
and I got into one of these discussions with one of the men and, and eventually I asked him, would it have the same impact if it was called toxic entitlement? Do we have to call it toxic masculinity? And he surprised me by actually saying, yes, we have to call it toxic masculinity because we have to make sure that we're bringing attention to the pain that men have caused and the, the way that masculinity is no longer going to be accepted as the way that we've historically used it, which is a, a group oppressing another group. I have to ask this. Um, so earlier I talked about the polarity, the sexual mm. polarity and the masculine and the feminine. And I didn't make the distinction that this is not about male and female. This is like energy mm. and that exists in both in all of us. Um, what, whatever gender and whatever non-gender. And um, <coughs> can women, can, can women exhibit toxic masculinity? Yeah. What's that look like? I think, I think toxic masculinity in the way that I've come to understand it and the way that it's been expressed to me in different ways by interviewing these men is that it's a, it's a certain behavior. I don't know if toxic masculinity is the same word that we would apply, but again, words are, words are tiny prisons. We're, we're toxic masculinity, what are we actually talking about? What, what are these two words that we're using to talk about a behavior? The behavior is a behavior of oppression. But I don't think when it comes to toxic masculinity, it can be anybody but a male. And the reason that that is and the reason it was explained to me is the white man, specifically straight white man or men, have been bestowed with a power whether or not they like it. And it is now a responsibility to eradicate the behavior that's associated with this innate power that they've been given that has been largely used to oppress other groups, such as women, people of color, LGBTQ communities, trans. And one of the most interesting things that I've ever read was from the book uh, The Second Sex by Simone de Beauvoir. And this book was written in 1959. And she actually says that the people that are going to help us the most as we are on this quest for equality are trans folk because they're the only ones that understand both sides. And after I published Men Who Take Baths, I, I hosted a party at the Darling Mansion and I did a panel discussion with some of the men involved, but it was more of a, it was more of a conversation. And I asked anybody that felt compelled to speak up if they, if they wanted to. And two trans people actually stood up and shared their stories about living the first 15 years of their life, lives as women and, this, and the next 20 as men. And they started with the scenario of what it meant to walk down the street as either gender, and they had wildly different experiences. Mm. So toxic masculinity is still, is still prevalent, but I think it's the responsibility of us all to recognize the ways in which we can, as women, not necessarily fight that in ways that are masculine like I think there's some power in women being given the space and taking the space to do things in a completely different way and I think the reason why or part of the reason why we're so confused right now is because the hierarchies that most of our societies at least in the west have been built on are crumbling and and women are finally being like okay what can we do and how can we do it our way it's not about being better than men or doing things the way that men have done it. It's about finally feeling empowered to do it the way that we know we can do it. 
Um, we, we have about 15 minutes left. And there's too <laughs> many. Are you going to make it? Max. I was I'm like, like, no, I'm not going to make, make our... it. I'm literally, I'm about to take a nap. Uh, no, there's, there's too much. There's, there is, there actually is too much uh, for us to get in those 15 minutes. But there are two things that for sure that we need to hit. Okay. The first thing is, uh, I would be, I'd feel like a total boob if we didn't give you the chance uh, to, to talk about your book. Talk about your book. Ah, uh, yes. Thank I, you. Your book. Okay, guys. I'm excited about your book. So I just like things that rhyme. Like yes. I really you're like, like rhymes. You're like the queen of alliteration, the queen of rhyming. I love it. The queen of language. Right. Yeah, good. I'll keep that in mind. I'm writing a book about the power of female orgasms, fully illustrated and written in Dr. Seuss style verse. It's called "Oh, the places you'll go." Oh, oh. Can I read this? Please. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> I, I actually don't know. Here we go. You'll find potholes and loopholes and cuckolds galore. Pterodactyls. 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 I can't read. Pterodactyls and scribbles like whore on a door. Things that slobber, that foam... That feast, squawk and dingle. Text from exes, but not when you're single. <laughs> Build-ups and hang-ups and break-ups and hiccups. Hook-ups and make-ups and calls that are wake-ups. I'm very happy right now. I could end, I, it's I could good. end right now, here. I just want to turn the I attention to these rhymes. <laughs> I feel bad for the people at home that can't see it, uh, but I, I'm sure we're going to put... We're videotaping some of this shit, so we'll put this up somewhere on YouTube. Uh, but the, anim, the, the animation, the... Sorry, the illustration. illustration thank you. Is fucking amazing. Like I see the, a clitoris. I see a penis. I see a ball sack mountain. I see mm-hmm. a pterodactyl. I do see a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's running away from a giant penis it's a coming giant on. giant penis. Him. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's boobs. I see a boob. Yeah. Uh, so, do you guys know what the official name of a hashtag is? No. Okay. The so number sign. The so it's not the it's not the number sign or the pound key or hashtag. The official like the name of a hashtag is actually an octothorpe. Great. And it's so I've decided out. that I'm going to create a cocktothorpe. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to fit yet. It's very difficult to rhyme, but mark my words, there will be a cocktothorpe somewhere in this book. And no one will get it. That doesn't bother you? No, not at all. It's, it's literally going to be eight dicks okay. just rolling down a hill. What's this thing over here with the six, or wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven boobs and an eye and a party hat and giving the middle finger? No, I think it. oh, I thought it was a, a unicorn corn. It's corn. whatever you want it to be. So I like parties. Great. So this, so this book... Um, it's. I'm going. I'm going to have it released for December. Um, if you would like to be notified as to when pre-order links are going out, it's uh, theorgasmbook.com. And I'm working with some incredible illustrators, uh, some incredible women illustrators out in um, in Vancouver to make this whole thing come alive. And really, part of my part of my journey in becoming the woman that's sitting in front of you today. Um, it, 
who's vastly different than the woman you would have met, you know, a year and a half ago is reconciling my relationship with my sexuality. Um, my mom was an incredibly violent woman. I grew up in a very tumultuous household and I remember looking at my mom one day and saying, if I do the every, everything the opposite of you, I was 15. If I do everything the opposite of you, I'll be happy. And part of that was, you know, going to school, getting this career, uh, you know, not, not doing drugs and not sleeping around. I thought I'm going to sleep with 10 people in my whole life. Uh, if you would like to know a little extra tidbit of information based on like my romantic story, uh, my partner, the, the one from, you know, that I'm with now, uh, he was my 11th. Ah. So he was the one that was worth Goodbye, 10. breaking, worth breaking yeah. the, rules. the rules for, uh, but, but what was interesting about this, this sexual journey was that I always felt like I had limitations on my ability to express myself. And this book, this book encapsulates and expresses all of the things that I wish someone had told me when I was a young girl about the power of my sexuality. And I wish someone had just said the words to me, you have the entire universe between your legs don't let anybody else tell you that you don't and don't settle for anything less than being worshipped for that and that's what I want this book to do but in rhyme form and with cocktothorps can we can we can that be the title of this episode the entire universe between your legs 100% I we can do whatever we want wait, sure we can um, alright we are we are wrapping up here uh, we've got less than 10 minutes left mm. but a big part of our show and and something that that I, I you know I think we feel pretty um <laughs> We do. We do. We feel that. We feel that. What he's thinking. We, I, we feel, I, I feel pretty, um, uh, I, May I, I? You know the word <laughs> that I'm about to say, and I'm trying not Privileged. to say it. No, well, uh, I was going to say honored, elated. I, the word elated. that I always fucking use. Yeah. But yeah, Jeremy so, goes through phases of loving different specific words, I and I love it. Words. But I, I, I mean, I love it when anybody comes to me for advice. I feel like, Wow. I'd, I'd love to take perfect time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on time. Yeah, for let's that do sunset. it now. When the sun's been down for six hours. I, thank you. Thank you, Kimberly, for working your magic. <laughs> Sometimes magic takes longer than is expected, but it happens. You know, Harry Potter is just a movie. Um, so uh, the thing that we do on the show is we take people's questions and we offer advice. And uh, we're, no, we're not professionals. We shouldn't be offering advice. But we offer advice as a friend. Because we are, uh, just as much as you are here and supporting us and being our friends in that, we are here and supporting you and being friends (laughs) in answering your questions, whether it be at a live show or whether it be at our our studio. Um, So we we had a, actually we had a a fuckload of brain boners. Uh, More, like I thought we might get one. We got a lot. And so we went through them before the show. And there was a, and what we did was we took all the ones that we we're only going to do one, 
But all the ones that we aren't doing tonight, we put I put it in Bridie's bag. And so she's going to fly home with that bag. It's a safe place for them. And we're yeah. going to answer them. Some uh, of them have your names on them. Yes. That was an interesting too. choice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so we're going to answer all those. If you put one in and this isn't your question, we're going to answer them in future shows. So thank you so much for that. Um, but I, I figured usually when we do this, it's just Bridie and I, uh, just because of the you know, the, the scheduling and the way that we do the podcast. But it'd be kind of nice to have, Nicole, you, you chime in here and, and add your piece. So, um, Brady, why don't you read this? That's uh, a great idea. A, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know how to read anymore. I, I'm sweating reading this because... Uh, I've been sweating since we sat down. I know. But... All of it. Yes, please take it all. Um, I feel. Can I have that water? No, yes. Oh my God. See, I don't. Come and get I, it. I am a mother. Um, okay. My partner and their other partner are accidentally pregnant. Did everyone catch that? My partner. Say and that their, one more time. My partner and their other partner are accidentally pregnant. How do we manage the emotionality of this situation? Your perspective would be appreciated. So what I'm gathering from this is that there is an open relationship or some sort of poly relationship. And that in this equation, there's three people. Just, for, just for anyone who doesn't like piece this together. And so, for example, if this was us, you and Guy. no. We can't say that anymore. He doesn't can't say like that. Anymore? Please don't ever approach my boyfriend and call him Guy. He doesn't like it. All right. You and your boyfriend. Uh, I did it and I'm still paying the price. Do not approach him and say that. So you and your boyfriend, um, you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And what happens now? What happens yeah. now? What happens now? I, I, I mean... I don't think it's like what happens now. Like you don't want us to be like, well, you should, no. you should keep it and you should raise it at threesome. No, it, no, no. But what just happens like the now? emotionality. Emotionally, of this. what happens now? Right? What's that discussion? What happens? I'm very curious. What would what would your feelings be? What would your? F- <coughs> I think we've had this conversation. Like when we we haven't been. We went to a couple's therapist a, a long time ago, mm-hmm. long time a while ago, and that was one of the things that. I think like naturally came up, which I had some insecurities of like going, well, I, I can't, I can't produce a baby. I'm shooting blanks. And also we don't want babies. So you're not going to get pregnant from me, but you're seeing this person who can make you pregnant. And whether that's, uh, you know, a, a conscious decision between the two of you or something that accidentally happens. And that was a, it was a worry. It was a worry of mine of like, is that, if I'm worried about this, what does that mean when that happens? And I remember when we brought that up with our therapist, feeling extraordinarily uh, scared. Like it was, it was a very scary conversation to have. 
I was like, well, just, I mean, if we kept it, which I don't want babies, but if I did and we decided to keep it, we would just all raise it together. That way I was just like, that was, that was, that's what would happen because which is really funny. I have, my dad has 10 kids with five different women. My mom has four kids with three different men. And I'm like, yep. you know what? It takes a fucking village. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> And you say that now, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. Like, <laughs> let's go to Disneyland as a family of eight. You know, like. But at the time, like, it was, it was something that. Here, here's the thing. Here's my piece. This is the only thing I'll add to this entire question, is that at that time, the idea of that. Um, scared me so much it made me sick. And I didn't know how to talk about it. I, did, I didn't know how to talk about it with you. And I, I just, I, I think I, at that time, I, like, I just hoped that that wasn't something that you wanted. You know? And, and you know, it's not something you wanted. So I think I, I came out on top on that. I'm going, thank God. But if it was something you wanted... And sitting here now and thinking about this and reading that and hearing you even say that. Um, and, and, let me just add this to that entire equation. And adding another couple of years of you and your partner being together and me being together with my partner and having the time that we've had together as, a, as, a, as the four of us or as sometimes the three of us, or the three of us, or, or the, you know, the two of us or the two of us. There are many configurations with <laughs> <laughs> four people. Math. Um, He's, uh, math. I've been very grateful for all of those equations. And at this moment now, looking back, if this was the scenario where you came up to me and you said, look, Todd and I, I'm fucking pregnant. And Todd got me pregnant. I think I would like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't feel the same way I would have felt two years ago. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I'd probably high five you and say, peace be with you. <laughs> and also with me. Mm-hmm. But, but that comes with, that, that, uh, mentality comes with a lot of time of of feeling very comfortable with these new people that have been introduced into my life. You know, this uh, well, new, new people, this person that has been introduced into my life and it introduced into my life in a very specific way. I feel like this is a pretty unique way of looking at it. However, I wouldn't say it's the fucking end of the world. That's the one thing I would say. And I wouldn't say that it's the end of a relationship. I would say that it's the beginning of a fucking movie. (laughs) Or a really good book. (laughs) At the very least, a very good book, yeah. Um, Yeah, that just... I'm looking at this. But don't get pregnant. Thank you. God, we (laughs) don't have the money. (laughs) Very expensive. Uh, thanks for sharing all that. It's good we finally had this talk. <laughs> Dude, I know. 
Because the last time we talked about this was with our therapist, and we haven't seen him in years. Which coincidentally... <laughs> coincidentally, that was the first time I ever heard the word emotionality um, mm-hmm. was in that, in that room, in his room, because I didn't understand that uh, certain subjects have an emotionality to them, and that's what, like, where we get... Where we start fighting is when things get emotional. So um, I don't know the person who asked this question and the people who are involved. I don't know what, whether you're keeping this baby or whether you're not keeping this baby or mm-hmm. what your choices are. Um, but I, I'm going to just keep it really simple and say, hopefully you're in a, in a, in a situation with your partners with, where all of you feel like you can communicate as freely and openly uh, and honestly as you just did, Jeremy. Um, because I think emotional is good and it's healthy and we have to talk about those things and we can't deal with them on our own and I think there's something really lovely about having more than just one other person who's involved Mm -hmm. that you can talk to and you can share this experience with and um, I think it's a really rich, it sounds like a really rich life experience no matter what the decision is and I hope that you can... uh, be in it every step of the way and honor your emotions every step of the way and, and be able to share that. Um, and, and, and also probably get someone who's a professional mediator in conversation to like sit with you and help you process this stuff because we know that when things get really emotional, we get, we don't know what's what or what we're saying or how we're, we're, you know, we don't know how to even process our own reactions and it can be really helpful to have someone who's impartial and trained to listen to these things and say, this is what I'm hearing. Is is mm. this accurate? Are we on the same page? Can we can we be with each other and support each other and not get defensive and and worried that uh, whatever whatever it may be. I, those are the two things. Is wow, cool, challenging, but cool, and um, and also get get professional help and that has comes with stigma but get get somebody who can sit with you i think that professional help and i think this is very like important to say especially based off of a lot of the bullshit that we heard after doing a very simple like interview on cbc and and here like seeing the like internet comments are just (laughs) the cesspool of the, the world they really truly are um Professional help, not not based off of whether or not it's like okay to raise a child in a household that is polyamorous. No, I'm I'm telling you right now, that's not something that is going to like negatively affect your fucking child. You you raise a child that's in a home that that with open arms welcomes love and inclusion your child's going to be okay unless, I don't know much about serial killers, but, you know. Unless they're born a psychopath. If they're born a serial killer, you can't (laughs) change it. (laughs) But, you know, introducing a child into a home that is. Great book. Great book. And honestly, like whether that's introducing a child into a home where it's two gay mothers or two gay fathers, it's not that fucking different than having a mother and a father and a mother or a mother and a father and a father like take that shit and shove it up your ass i'm drunk i'm going to let it go for <laughs> you 
Nicole. And that's where I'll leave that. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, you're done it. now. Yeah, I'm, good. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, man. What a good ending, though. <laughs> um, all I'd have to say is growing up in a broken household, man, I'd take three over one and a half any day. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who would ask that question, but all I have to say is what a grand adventure. What a beautiful opportunity to raise a child uh, completely based on love and selfless love because, man, it takes a lot of fucking courage mm. to do what you're doing. And if that's the environment that that child is being raised in, then fuck yeah for the future. I well, think that's our show. I, I yeah, think that I think is that's too. The show. And yeah. Nicole, I want to thank you, yeah, thank so, you much so much for showing up and sharing a, a, just a little sliver into uh, your life and what it what it feels like to to just follow the jackalope into whichever holes they dive down into. Okay, uh, how can people? <laughs> How can people? Can someone pull the blinds down? Can someone bring the? Um, how can people find you if they want to find you? Um, girls who say fuck uh, on Instagram and theorgasmbook.com. I would say are the two most important ones right now. The orgasm book coming soon. <laughs> Can't help it. And too, too good. Uh, and, and girls who say fuck.com or girls who say fuck on Instagram is, is where you can find um, the wonderful things. And if you're, you know, a girl or a man, anyone really who says fuck, get in touch with me. I, you know, we're building some really cool things. We have some really cool projects and we're always looking to collaborate with, with awesome human beings and just, yeah, put some cool shit out into the world that brings people together just like you guys are doing. So thank you for letting me be here. Thank you, and thank you all thank so you. much. If you're here... Yeah, big time. Big time. If you're here, you know how to find us, and if uh, you're here and you've never heard of us before, you have a very good friend sitting beside you, so they Ask can tell Boots. you. Yeah, Boots knows. And yeah. uh, hopefully, I mean, we're so lucky to have a fully like responsive and engaged audience uh, at home, and you're here now, and thank you so much, and... Uh, Thanks for letting us uh, have these conversations with you. So, mm-hmm. so for the... Uh, go ahead. I mean... <laughs> but for the sake of the recording... That's all. For this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.